This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome everybody to today's presentation on responding to toxic people and behaviors. This is a part of the PACER method, a trauma-informed integrative cognitive behavioral approach to health and wellness. And I'm your host, Dr. Donnelly Snipes. The first question is, where do toxic behaviors come from? Well, toxic behaviors communicate to other people. If when they experience them, it communicates to them that they're not okay, they're not safe, and toxic behaviors often try to rob people of their power to be safe, happy, and empowered. So we want to think of toxic behaviors kind of broadly as anything people or organizations do that might contribute to, uh, to people feeling safe, feeling unsafe, unhappy, and disempowered. We can learn these behaviors from caregivers, um, the media, news, movies, television, educational institutions, social media, um, and, and our peers, including from Twitter, colleagues, and friends. I want you to think about some of these things as we start talking about what toxic behaviors are and think about ways that we see this not only in our personal relationships, but also in our organizations and in our culture. Toxic behaviors often can be traced back to insecure attachment or fear of abandonment. And well, we'll talk about that more in a minute. In toxic relationships, it's basically the opposite of a secure attached, securely attached relationship. There is inconsistency. So a to toxic relationship behaviors can include vacillating between extremes. So one partner may be, you know, love you one mo moment and hate you the next moment. So you never know whether you're going to get Jekyll or Hyde. So you're walking on eggshells a lot of times. They can also be passive aggressive. And passive aggressive behaviors are kind of interesting because when people are passive aggressive, Oftentimes, it means they are afraid to com confront you directly, to be assertive. So they are passive to your face to avoid rejection, to avoid conflict. But then they may talk about you behind your back or may do something behind your back. And that indicates, um, in, in large part, a fear-based response. 
And other toxic relationships include unresponsiveness um, as opposed to being responsive. In a relationship, the person who is being toxic is always about them. They don't care about your happiness. It's about what makes them happy all the time. It's a me, 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 me sort of operetta. Um, and there's conditional love. The person only responds to you when, or the organization only responds to you when you are doing what they want you to do and making them happy. It's all about them. Another example of unresponsiveness in relationships is being shut out, either being given the silent treatment, being ignored, being um, uh, put in timeout, if you will, or being fired even. Negative attention. Uh, again, the person who is toxic often needs to be the center of attention. And this is not uncommon when we talk about cluster B personality disorders um, for people who have histrionic personality disorder or narcissistic personality disorder. Um, this person needs to be the center of attention. If they're not, if people are not paying attention to them, they feel terrified. They feel like they're going to be abandoned. They feel like they're going to disappear. They need to be constantly, you know, bolstered up. You know, think about if you've ever had one of those lawn um, ornaments, I don't know what you call it, that has the air that blows it up like the little Santa or the little snowman. And in toxic relationships, people are like that, that blow up ornament on the lawn. As soon as you turn off the fan, they just wither away or they fear they're going to wither away. Another example of toxic relationship behaviors include manipulation to get your attention in a relationship. This may mean flirting with other people or when they don't get their way, being extraordinarily dramatic in their reactions in order to get your attention um, or guilting you. And, and guilt can be used in a very manipulative way. Now, not all guilt is bad. Sometimes we feel guilty because we know we did something wrong and we can move on from that. But when people use guilt to manipulate others, that's toxic. There's no positive attention for you. And it goes back to it's always about them. And the person may keep a relationship scorecard. They keep a list of done me wrongs, even ones that you've apologized for, you think you've gotten past, they come up. There's invalidation. So as opposed to validation, there's invalidation. The toxic person is unable or unwilling to empathize, to experience life through your eyes, to try to understand how you feel. And they often won't take responsibility for anything. It's always all your fault. And yes, I know those are extreme words, but toxic relationships tend to be extreme and filled with these cognitive, uh, cognitive distortions. Lack of encouragement in a toxic relationship. The toxic person often feels insecure, so they may be jealous of your successes uh, and discourage your growth. They also may not support you. 
um, in, in terms of being supportive of what you want to do, uh, they may engage in splitting. They go to your friends and try to get people on their side. That way you don't have a leg to stand on. So, so you have no support from your friends, from your family. They can also be clingy. They're not supporting you. You are having to support them all of the time. So these are some toxic behaviors. Obviously, I could go on for a really long time going through different ones. But let's think about this. How are social media organizations toxic? In what ways, you know, whatever social media organization you want to envision, in what ways might people have to walk on eggshells? In what ways might the organizations themselves, I'm not talking about the people on the organizations, but the organizations themselves, the, um, in what ways might they be passive aggressive? In what ways, when you're on these social media platforms, do they communicate that it's all about them and they don't really care about your happiness? In what ways do they show conditional love or appreciation for you? They only appreciate you if you're doing what they want you to do. And then shut out. You know, all of our social media platforms have um, procedures, if you will, for putting people in timeout or Facebook jail or whatever you want to call it when they are not behaving appropriately according to the definition given by that organization. Now, sometimes, you know, people are behaving inappropriately, but you know, when we look at that inappropriate behavior, it's probably toxic as well. So we really want to start looking at how often we are bombarded by toxic behavior. Negative attention. In what ways do social media organizations try to insert themselves so they were, so they're always the center of your attention or try to manipulate you to get your attention? You know, if you do this, then you'll get this benefit. Some social media organizations uh, keep what, what you might, might think of as a relationship scorecard. If you have too many strikes on your record, then your account gets terminated. Invalidation. Well, most organizations are not going to have a lot of empathy, but a lot of times, uh, you know, think about social media. In what ways do they fail to take responsibility for their part in what's going on. And, you know, I won't go into specific examples. Lack of encouragement. Now, you know, they may not be jealous of your successes or discourage your growth. Not every relationship has all of these behaviors. And in what ways can they support splitting? Where they support uh, people who, you know, are your connections, are your friends or whatever in rising up to um, try to convince you to change your mind. Instead of being accepting, they're splitting. They are creating um, dichotomies. Think about how schools or jobs can be toxic. You know, I remember going to um, the university and even you know, way back then, uh, long before the internet and social media and everything else, um, it was known, and I use that term kind of loosely, that in certain classes, that if you wrote your paper 
in a way that contradicted, even though it was an opinion paper, wrote your way, uh, um, your paper in a way that contradicted the opinion of the professor, that it was going to be bad mojo. Uh, now, there are a few professors that are very open-minded and are open to constructive debate, you know, that, that's true. But there are also some um, that are insistent on encouraging you to espouse their point of view. So, you know, thinking about how organizations and schools, they may alter and, and omit sections from, um, uh, from the curriculum or only present one side of the curriculum. You know, that is a toxic behavior. That is um, potentially creating a uh, situation that is not healthy. How can parents or peers be toxic? You know, and that is much easier. We typically think when we think of toxic behaviors, we think of people. And if you go on Twitter any particular day, and yes, I'm calling out Twitter, um, you can see some really toxic, hateful, just incredibly icky, I, I don't know, behavior. I can't even read comments on Twitter because they are unnecessary and mean. And, and it's, you know, goes both ways. It doesn't matter what side of any particular aisle you're on. People are very intolerant. Um, and there are a lot of these behaviors. And then think about how are you toxic to yourself as well as others? I've been talking about how do you experience toxicity, but I also want you to recognize in what ways, what, which, which of these behaviors might you also embody sometimes? And, you know, that may be a place to work on to grow. And how are you toxic with yourself? Oh, that's, that's one to ponder on. In what ways are you extreme with yourself? You love yourself or you hate yourself? In what ways are you passive aggressive with yourself? You allow yourself to do something, then you beat yourself up for it. In what ways are you unresponsive to your needs and wants? In what ways do you provide yourself conditional love? I'm only good if. In what ways do you manipulate yourself? Um, and keep a relationship scorecard. Keep this self-esteem scorecard of I'm good and I'm bad. In what ways do you fail to be empathetic and compassionate with yourself? Now, a lot of times when we're talking about toxic relationship self-behaviors, it's the opposite. Instead of not taking responsibility, you take all the responsibility and you blame yourself for everything. Lack of encouragement. In what ways do you discourage your own growth in order to, because of a fear of failure or a low self-esteem, you tell yourself, you know, I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. Why, why should I even try to do that? And in what ways do you fail to support yourself, fail to encourage yourself to strive towards your goals? It's important to recognize that the way you treat yourself models for others the way that you want to be treated. So if you are toxic to yourself, it's more likely others are going to be toxic to you. And again, we learn these toxic behaviors, which means we can unlearn them. And that is the first step in starting to create secure relationships.
Boundary violations are another aspect of toxic relationships. And if you watched my video on boundaries that came out last week, I think, um, there are five types of boundaries. Our physical boundaries, those are pretty self-explanatory. How close people get, whether they touch you, but also their eye contact. And people who regularly violate physical boundaries make you feel unsafe. Affective boundaries, when you feel a certain way and people tell you you shouldn't feel that way or you think a certain thing and people tell you you shouldn't think that thing, they're violating your boundaries. They're telling you how to think or how to feel instead of accepting your reality, instead of validating your reality as yours in this moment. They may not agree. But they have different experiences, they have different perceptions, they have different perspectives than you do. Environmental boundary violations. When somebody is in a relationship and their significant other starts, you know, hacking into their phone or trying to read their emails without their permission, uh, going through their stuff, you know, that is a toxic behavior. It demonstrates a lack of security and a lack of trust. And relationship boundary violations are when you tell somebody who they can be in a relationship with and what a good relationship looks like. Um, you know, we want to be able to have a certain um, ability to define our own reality and set that boundary and say, okay, here's my reality. If you want to join me in it, great. If you don't, that's okay too. I will respect yours more toxic behaviors. Uh, abusive behaviors can include coercion, threats, of threats and intimidation of repercussions. So if you don't do it my way, you're going to fail or be fired or be canceled or delisted or we'll break up. Um, or I'll file a lawsuit. If I don't like what you're doing, I'm going to try to sue you for it. Uh, trolling, stalking, there's lots of those. Emotional abuse, to force people to do what you want, making them feel guilty or inadequate in order to gain a sense of power over them. Now, I want you to think about these behaviors. You know, the first one, coercion, threats, and intimidation, that's aggression. That's anger. Emotional abuse is also anger. And it's a anger is a response to a threat, which takes me back to ask, what is this person feeling threatened by? What is the threat to this person that is making them act out from a place of fear? Economic abuse, controlling access to money, such as providing somebody an allowance or jobs through compliance or spending all the money on themselves. Controlling what people are allowed to do and information they're allowed to have in order to keep them isolated or gaslighting denying, blaming, minimizing to make you question your sanity or harm other people's trust in you. So you start telling other people that, or the toxic person starts telling other people that you're losing your mind. What do we do about it? All right. I, I've identified only some of the behaviors. I want you over the next week to really be aware in media, you know, not just the news, but also television programs, movies that you watch, etc. Um, at your job, in advertising, in what ways 
are you being inundated with toxic behaviors and what are you going to do about it? Now, I think this question actually kind of came up because we're getting ready to launch into uh, the holiday season where a lot of us are going to be spending time with family and some people's families are more toxic than others. So what do you do about it? Um, and in this last part of the section, we're really going to talk about coexisting in human relationships, not so much with organizations or in jobs where the decisions may be a little bit different. When you recognize that you are experiencing toxic behaviors, increase your self-awareness of your wants and needs, the behaviors that you're experiencing that are toxic, and the impact that those behaviors are having on you. So the first thing is basically is to become mindful. Start being aware of this. Once you're aware, then you can start becoming safe and you can feel empowered to do things to help keep yourself safe. Recognize, regardless of whether it's an organization or an individual, is likely more about them and their insecurities than anything that you did wrong. Uh, so think about, you know, what threat is, what's, what's making this person feel so threatened that they need to act aggressively, that they need to be toxic um, in their approach. A lot of times it comes back to somewhere deep down inside, they may have a core lack of a sense of safety and power. The person may be behaving jealously because they're afraid of abandonment or passive aggressively, like I talked about earlier, because they're afraid if they confront you on something that it will cause conflict, but they don't like it. So they're, you know, not able to address it appropriately. Extremes. If somebody that you're in a relationship, you know, one minute loves you, the next minute hates you, one minute they're happy, the next minute they're enraged, you know, recognizing that a lot of times that comes from what we've talked about before in, uh, that's called emotional dysregulation. The person is okay, but when they're triggered, they go from being okay to being enraged or terrified. Blaming and controlling are other behaviors that are also often uh, reactions in order that, that they're doing in order to try to get control, in order to try to help them feel safe again. Explore what those behaviors are communicating for that person or entity and how they may have developed as a survival response. Why? Well, because it's a lot easier sometimes to feel, to, to down, down, um, downgrade our stress response when we have compassion and pity as opposed to anger. So if you recognize where it's coming from and you think, wow, what must have happened to this person that they are feeling this terrified and how stressful must it be to live in their skin to be this angry all the time? You know, that is, gives you a bit of a different perspective. Empathy with that person, you know, trying to understand their experience and validation. That doesn't mean saying you're right. It means acknowledging what they're feeling is real, is what they're feeling in their reality. 
So that doesn't mean you accept it. That doesn't mean you're saying it's okay. What it means is you're recognizing where they are, where they are, and what we call their phenomenological experience. We all want to feel safe, empowered, and loved. Decide what your goals are and needs are for that relationship. You know, some things like social media, you may say, well, I don't need this in my life, and you can turn it off. Uh, other things like our relationships with our family, uh, you may feel compelled to nurture and, and keep. You know, it's not easy to just cut ties with somebody. Um, so you need to decide, are you going to ignore their behavior? And think of it in terms of they don't know how to do any better. Um, they are doing the best they can with the tools they have at this point in time and let whatever they say roll off your back. That's one option. Are you going to assertively address it? And we're going to talk about what that may look like in a minute. Or are you going to terminate the relationship? You know, those, those are three very viable options. Consistently, consistency is one of the things that you want to do in relationships. If people are responding to you because they feel unsafe, then one of the ways to deflate that sense of unsafeness is to create a safe environment. So be consistent, know your boundaries and maintain them. When I was in, you know, primary school, we used to say, I'm rubber and you're glue. What you say bounces off me and sticks to you, you know, but in a certain way, that was an early representation of boundaries. What you say can't hurt me unless I decide to let, let it in. You know, it's going to bounce off my boundaries and it may stick to you. It may end up hurting you in the long run um, because you're, you know, other people see the behavior or you don't get your way or, or whatever. But maintain your boundaries. Now, sometimes you're going to choose to do this overtly where you actually confront somebody and say, hey, Sally, you know, this makes me really uncomfortable when you do this. Um, or when you come over and criticize me in front of the entire family, it makes me feel very uncomfortable. If you've got a problem with what I do, I would appreciate it if we could have that discussion in private. You know, so that's overtly and assertively um, stating and maintaining your boundaries. Covertly is more when you are putting up your force field and you're saying, I'm not going to let that person get to me. I'm not going to let them get under my skin. Recognize your part. And I'm not blaming, even if it's being a target of transference. Somebody may react negatively to you because you remind them of somebody from their past. So you've got to recognize that, hey, they, my existence may trigger them. It doesn't have anything to do with me. It has to do with their past. But I recognize that they see me and I trigger them. Just recognize it. They also, uh, you, you also, it's important to recognize if you are experiencing projection. So they assume you feel how they do. So they feel insecure. They feel angry. They may assume that you feel angry at them back. 
So they are reacting to you, assuming that you feel the exact same way that they do. And you may be like, uh, I, I didn't know there was a problem. Uh, so that can be uh, another area where communication gets broken down. So if you're consistent in recognizing your part, stating how you feel, you know, pulling somebody aside and saying, hey, it seems like there's some tension between us and I'm not sure where it's coming from. You know, if the person assumes that you're angry with them, they may say, oh, I thought you were angry with me. Um, and, and you can clear the air right there. So be consistent. Create an environment where your responses are predictable. A lot of people who grew up in insecure environments, um, their, the responses of their caregivers were not predictable. Respond by validating or acknowledging their fears, thoughts, and needs as real to them. So you're respecting their boundaries. You're not telling them you're overreacting or you're, you got this all wrong. You're telling them, I, I can see where you might have gotten that impression or I can see where this may be stressful for you. So you're going to acknowledge their fears, thoughts, and needs as real to them. And if safe and necessary and helpful, you may also identify your feelings about the situation and preferences. Now, why did I say safe and necessary and helpful? Well, number one, you want to do it in an environment that's safe. Not everybody is safe to set boundaries with. Um, so it may in a in an assertive sort of way so you may need to figure out how to how to make yourself safe often it's necessary um, to set boundaries if you're going to have a healthy relationship but sometimes it's not helpful and what i mean by that is sometimes the person may not recognize their behavior as toxic or hurtful and Addressing it, no matter how assertively you do it, may trigger a, a threat response. So it is important to, you know, pick your battles and, and think about, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. You know, if Uncle Bob tends to engage in some toxic behaviors and it, it may not be the appropriate helpful place and time to address those right before Thanksgiving dinner. Um, you know, it may be more appropriate, you know, when it's not a holiday, when there's not a lot of stress or, you know, uncle Bob may need more help than, uh, than you can give him. And it may be more important to consider covertly maintaining your boundaries because he's not going to hear what you have to say. Ways you can address it. I feel blank when blank. And it would be helpful to me if you could blankety blank. <laughs> you know, very simple things. Instead of say, saying you do this, you always want to start with, I feel when this happens. And it would be helpful to me. So you're not saying you need to. You're saying it would, it would really help me out. Semantics, but it cushions the blow. So... Uh, one of my family members uh, struggles, and she is the nicest person in the world, uh, but she gets criticized by another family member a lot and because the turkey is too dry. That's one of the big complaints. So instead of getting upset, 
um, or reacting negatively or something. One way that she could assert her boundaries and maintain them would be to say something like, it would be really helpful to me if you would bring the turkey this year because, you know, mine always seems to be too dry. So it takes the wind out of that other person's sails because she's acknowledging their perception. She may not agree, but she's acknowledging their perception and she's taking the power back and providing an option so the complainer doesn't have a leg to stand on. And, and again, uh, recognizing where that behavior comes from. Why does this person feel the need to be so critical? And in this particular case, I, I would venture a guess that it can directly be traced back to insecurity. Attend to them in proactively to help them feel safe so they don't need to use toxic behaviors. And encourage appropriate behavior by rewarding it. Thank people for being so nice. Thank people for, if they pull you aside instead of, you know, reading you the riot act in front of the entire family, you know, thank them for that. Practice good self-care. When you're dealing with toxic people or toxic environments, it's exhausting because toxic behaviors are a source of threat. So practice good self-care. If we're talking about a toxic work environment or toxic relationships or toxic holidays, uh, develop an emergency line. And when we used to send people out of residential, they would you know, often have a day pass to go out for Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner. They would always have an emergency line that they could call that you know, counselor carried around a phone all day long. So if they, the client started feeling triggered, they had somewhere they could call. Have an emergency line. Focus on the facts and what you can and cannot control. If somebody is expressing a different opinion than you, you know, look at the facts. You know, is my opinion based on my knowledge and my perceptions, is my opinion correct? If it is, okay, it is. Maybe theirs is too, but so you can choose to address the situation. That's something you can control. You can't control how they respond. You can control whether you choose to address it. You can choose to internalize what they have to say and let them through your boundaries and cause you distress or ignore it. You know, let it bounce off of you and stick to them. You can choose to end the relationship. You can choose pity and compassion over anger. Remember, don't feed the trolls. When my son was little, um, that was when Star Wars was really big and... My, my husband would put on this Darth Vader helmet and walk down the hall acting like Darth Vader. And Sean would scream and carry on, Daddy, Daddy, don't do that. Um, and one day, I, I, this went on you know, for several days. And one day I, I sat my son down and I'm like, Sean, if you don't get riled, it won't be any fun for him anymore. So, you know, ignore him. And, you know, sure enough, it ended. Um, but the same thing is true with trolls. If you get riled, you are feeding into them. You are rewarding their behavior because they know that they got under your skin. A lot of times when you experience toxic behavior, stop and breathe first. Just breathe in for a count of four, eight, sometimes 16. <laughs> Hold 
and exhale very slowly as well just one deep breath and that can start rebalancing your autonomic nervous system and avoid trigger topics you know sometimes things can be okay unless particular issues come up so try to avoid trigger topics that might cause somebody to feel unsafe disempowered or attacked or contradicted um, if you are trying to to maintain the peace toxic behaviors are all too common living happily in a toxic society means recognizing toxic behaviors and their impact on you reconceptualizing toxic behaviors as frantic strategies from someone who feels unsafe to take back trying to take back their power and identifying ways to improve the moment coping with toxic behaviors and maintaining your self as, uh, maintaining your sense of safety empowerment and self-esteem okay so I saw that a lot of you were commenting and um can talk uh, can toxic people change yes definitely the key to change is recognizing your toxic behaviors identifying what they're communicating what's the function of the toxic behavior you know oftentimes it's to protect you from a perceived threat and then dealing with that issue whether it's a fear of abandonment or a fear of rejection or a fear of criticism you know whatever it is um addressing those issues so you can more effectively respect other people's boundaries and engage in consistent responsive attentive validating encouraging and supportive relationships 